On this Easter morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, let's turn to Matthew 28. And this is a powerful text that just describes the resurrection of Jesus and, and what happened. And so let's read the entire chapter and feed our souls from God's Word. Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, for his clothing was white as snow. And fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And the story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our Father in heaven, we just ask that in this moment that you would be present, that your spirit would descend upon every home of those that are here gathered together and that we would see your glory that we would be transformed and that we would have hearts that respond with overflowing joy in your presence because Jesus, you have conquered the grave. You are resurrected Savior and we worship you and we just ask for your blessing now. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. This is a powerful story. If, if, if you were paying attention as we read through the whole chapter, you see that it's the Sunday after Passover and these two women go to the tomb to see Jesus' body. And when they get there, there's this angel that comes down with shining white robes and this huge earthquake and rolls the stone away. And then he just sits on it, which is just awesome. He just says, death, is that all you got? And he just sits right there on that stone. 
And, and then what you see is he talks to these women. The soldiers are terrified. They see Jesus resurrected. And the women then encounter Jesus. And he tells them, fear not. And they worship him. And he says, go to my brothers. And then they go. And then you have this kind of interlude where these guards that had seen Jesus, they saw him resurrected. They saw the angel. And yet they're paid and they're bought off and they actually lie and say that they didn't see anything. And the disciples then meet Jesus and they fall and they worship him. And Jesus then gives what's known as a great commission to go into all nations and have all people know that he is the risen savior of the world. This is a remarkable story. We're going to work through it this morning together, but I just want to make two observations here right up front. One is there are some people in the story, like these women and the disciples, that they see Jesus. And when they see him, then they respond with worship. They fall to his feet and they worship him. And there's other people in the story that also see Jesus resurrected like the guards and like other disciples that were originally following him that says some doubted. So you have some people that they see Jesus and yet they don't believe and they don't have faith. They don't trust him. They don't love him. They don't treasure him. And so they don't respond with worship. They respond with doubt and rebellion and spreading lies. And so what we're seeing here, and so today's, today's theme for this Easter is come and see. You see this in verse 6. I love this. It says, the angel tells them, I know, he says, that you were looking for Jesus. He says, but come see the place where he lay. Come and see. This is powerful. These two words coming and seeing. And there are some people that went, but did not see. They were spiritually blind. So because of the effects of the fall, there are people today that have physical sight, but they are spiritually blind. They cannot see the glory of Jesus. Matthew 13 Verse 13 describes it this way. Jesus says, seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So spiritual blindness is prison. It's bondage. It's enslavement to our idols, to sin. And it draws us far from God and far from joy and far from our purpose. Have you ever known someone in your life that was just blind. Now, I mean physically, but I mean like they're blind where they can't see how they treat people. They're completely socially unaware or they just don't even have any idea how other people perceive them or how they're taken. They have no clue. They're just completely blind. Now, they, they can clearly see everyone else's struggles, but they are blind to their own failings or their own struggles. The problem is that we can all be blind to our blindness. By definition, if you could see, you wouldn't be blind anymore. And so we are blind to our blindness. We don't see. We choose not to. Much like these, these soldiers give this ridiculous story where they're told, oh, we were asleep 
And so that's when the disciples came and took the body of Jesus. But if they were asleep, then how could they see? It, this is preposterous. It's spiritual blindness. It is a hardened heart that refuses to be teachable and acknowledge where we're wrong. But here's the beauty of the resurrection. Here's the primary truth, a thread that is woven throughout all of Matthew 28, is that through his resurrection, Jesus is opening our eyes so that we can see him and treasure him. Jesus, through his resurrection, he is at work through his spirit in opening our eyes so that we can see and then respond with worship like you see in this text with treasuring him. So before we dive into this, I want to just give you a few examples of, I'm pondering this week on what are some blindfolds? What are some some different ways that we can be blinded so that we can then approach this text, understanding the context? And so uh, there's several of these. And so one that I thought of is there's this blindfold of like a distorted view of yourself. A lot of people have a view of themselves that is informed by pop culture or the media, or it's, it's just defined by what our society says success is. And so we develop this identity and this view of ourselves that is based on the wisdom of the world and it is not based on the revelation of God. And so we have a distorted view, kind of like going into a carnival that has those funny mirrors that are all distorted and you look in it like it's kind of you, but it's not really you because it's distorted. And a lot of people, when they look in the mirror, they're looking to a carnival mirror and it's a distorted view, the sort of view of life and its purpose, the sort of view of who God is, the sort of view of how life should be lived We just have a view of ourselves that's not based upon the word. And so that blinds us to the reality of who Jesus is and his plan for us. Another blindfold is being sinned against. There are many people that have been hurt and maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you really have had someone sin against you. And so in your pain, in this anguish or having been violated or neglected or betrayed or you've been hurt by someone, You can be so blinded to your own sin and oftentimes even blinded, maybe even just to our sinful responses to the person that had hurt us. And so then all you can even see is the other person's sin. All you can see is what your husband is doing or what your wife is not doing or what your parents did to you or how they were not there for you or whatever it is. And and we become so focused and so obsessed with the sin that other people have done towards us that we become blind to our own sin. Another blindfold is a trials and hard times blindfold. Maybe life has been unkind to you. Maybe COVID-19 has been really hard, has really hit home and you've had serious anxiety or maybe lost your job or it's just been a really depressing, just anxious season. Or maybe it's bigger than just this pandemic in your life, but you've had hard times and and trials and all you can see is your disappointment. All you can see is that pain and the discomfort, the struggle. And so you're blinded to the glory of God. You're blinded to who you really are and you're blinded to his purpose for you because all you can see is the struggle that's before you. It's a blindfold. 
Another blindfold is the, I call it, if I only had blank. The if only blindfold. We think, if only I had a better job. If only I wasn't sick. If only I had a wife or a husband. If only I had a more attentive husband. Or if only I had a sexier wife. Or if only whatever. You fill in the blank. If only I made just $10,000 a year more. If only. I'd be happy. I'd be content. I'd be good. My problems would all go away and I would have fulfillment and purpose. And what can happen to us is we can crave so many things. And in our neediness, what we think we need, our perceived needs, uh, oftentimes reveal more about who we are and reveal less about what we're missing. And what actually happens is that in that situation, oftentimes we don't even really crave what we need the most, which is Jesus, because he is better. It's a blindfold. Uh, another blindfold is, I'll call this a theological knowledge blindfold. This is so common among church people that were raised in the church and have read lots of books and read theology and, and just love the system. And oftentimes they'll view the Bible as nothing more than like an encyclopedia of, of religious or theological information. And it's not as though they love Jesus. It's not a passion for Jesus. It's a passion for learning and learning is the end but biblically, we know that the end, the prize, the goal is knowing Jesus. And so theological knowledge in itself can also be a blindfold that keeps us from seeing and really enjoying Jesus. So what blindfold on this Easter morning are you struggling with? There's probably many more. I'm, I'm not that bright. I can think of this few, but I'm sure there's many more. What, what other blindfolds maybe you're struggling with that are blinding your eyes from seeing the beauty and the stunning glory of Jesus that you're, you're unable to get past that block and that blindfold? I pray that today the Spirit of God will open your eyes and that you will see with the eyes of faith, with the eyes of your heart. And I pray that for you today on this Easter, that the heavens will open and that you will see Jesus, that you will be able to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ and respond like we saw in this story in Matthew 28 with worship. You know, Isaiah 42 verse 7 says the prophet promised that the Messiah would come, says to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. So when I'm talking about this morning with this phrase, come and see, the very purpose of Jesus the Messiah is to open the eyes of the blind that we can see. It's part of his mission. It's why he came and died and was resurrected. Matthew 28 is a window. I want you to think of this as a beautiful window where oftentimes we're in our house now here in the pandemic and the windows are closed and we're all shut up in our houses. And Matthew 28 is a window where God is saying, 
open the shutters and pull the curtains and fling the windows open and look outside and let light shine in and see the glory of Jesus. Come and see. Matthew is a window that lets us see who Jesus is, that we would respond with worship and the presence of God and experience true joy and the purpose that he has for us. That's Matthew 28. And so let me give you three characteristics of this resurrected Messiah that we would respond with eyes that see, respond with worship. Number one, come and see the resurrected one's unmatched power. So number one, Jesus has unmatched power. Unmatched means no rival, no competitor. He's matchless. So King Jesus has absolute power. Verse two, you have this angel again who's sent from heaven. And again, it's like God is saying, really death? That's the best you can do is keep the king of glory with a stone? Man, that was so easy for God to roll that stone and for Jesus to walk out in victory over death, over sin, and over Satan. The angel declares, I know you see Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He has risen. Behold, come and see. Come and see. The grave is empty. This is the most decisive event in human history. We actually mark out time, 2020. So over 2,020 years since Jesus walked out of that grave. And so we have to understand that the resurrection is the single most significant decisive event in history. It is the reason why God created the world is to create a people that will worship him. And it's all because of the resurrection. In Matthew chapter 4, so earlier in this very same book, Satan tempts Jesus and says, Will you fall at my feet, Jesus, and worship me? And Jesus says, Get out of my grill, Satan. I only worship God. Only God is worthy of worship. And then you fast forward to the end of the book, chapter 28. What do you see? People falling at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him. And Jesus does not tell them, Stop, don't worship me. Worship only God. No. He doesn't do that. Jesus receives their worship. Why would he do that? Because he's God. He is God in the flesh. And so he is stating so clearly that he has matchless, so unmatched power and authority. He is God in the flesh and he defeated sin and death which is why in verse 18, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The resurrection proves that he has all authority. He is the sovereign. So he has power over the enemy. So the resurrection is victory. And so today we celebrate the victory that Jesus won for us with his resurrection out of the grave. And so come and see the unmatched power of Jesus. So how does this impact you and me today in the middle of this pandemic with the coronavirus and all the anxiety and all of the uncertainty and everything that's happening to us right here and right now, all the frustration, the depression? Well, because Jesus is all powerful and the resurrection proves it, we can rest.
You can breathe. You can stop the striving and rest in the power and the presence of Jesus. Are you resting in the resurrected Christ? Today, are you emotionally drained? Are you spiritually exhausted or just worn out? Or maybe you're just over it with this coronavirus. Are you struggling today? God offers supernatural strength to those who will rest in Him. Depend totally on Jesus. Not pretending, not playing religious games with all your soul depending upon Him. Ephesians 1, 18 through 20 says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, so the eyes of your heart so you can see enlightened. He says that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And it says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards those of us who believe according to the working of his great might. You hear that power and might for those who believe. He says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The power of God is displayed through the resurrection of Jesus and those who believe receive his strength and his might to get through whatever it is that Satan can throw at you because Jesus is more powerful. The resurrection changes everything. Supernatural strength is available if we will entrust ourselves to him. So truth number one, we see here a a power that is unmatched. Number two, we see a unrelenting mercy. So unmatched power and also unrelenting mercy. And so what you're seeing here is a mercy that doesn't give up, that is unrelenting, that keeps going and that insists. Think about this. The last time that Jesus saw his disciples, what was happening? He was on a trial that was at night that was illegal, a kangaroo court and a laughingstock of a trial and his disciples abandoned him. He was whipped and beaten and there was Peter denying him three times, denying that he even knew him and then Jesus being crucified and his friends are nowhere to be seen. They're far away and they're abandoning and betraying Jesus and now he's resurrected and now he's about to go see them. Can you imagine how Jesus would have felt? Well, if he was like you or me, sinners, he would have wanted some payback. But Jesus is not like you or me. He's God in the flesh. And so what does is, what is Jesus offer his, his disciples who just betrayed him? He tells the ladies, go and find my brothers. Go and find my family. I love them. And even though they let me down and denied me and betrayed me, and because of them and all of us and our sin, he was crucified. And yet he walked out of that grave with victory and he offers us forgiveness and this unrelenting mercy. And what happened to these men when they experienced the mercy of Jesus? They went from being afraid and denying Jesus and they were completely transformed 
transformed into bold preachers of the gospel that suffered and were in prison and were martyred and did not turn back from Jesus. Complete transformation. Why? Because they came and they saw Jesus. They had an encounter with the resurrected Christ and that changed everything. That's what changes you and me. It's what will transform us. Not to just have religion, but to encounter the resurrected Jesus. Transforms us. Tasting his mercy transforms our souls. See, Jesus didn't die so that you and I can have a little piece of this created world that you think is going to make you happy. Jesus died for so much more. He died and was resurrected to give you a new heart so you can share in his divine nature to open your eyes to see his glory and to receive his spirit and live lives of worship before him, treasuring him. God is offering us so much more than the world offers. He's offering us himself. Come and see this unrelenting mercy of Jesus. And how does this impact us on this Easter morning? Are you facing regret? Maybe from something that's happened to you or that what you've done or weren't there where you should have been and you let people down. Maybe you really regret your past actions. Maybe you have current struggles or current failure, maybe shame. I don't know what it is that you're struggling with today, but you can receive the mercy of Jesus. He on the cross paid it all. And you do not bear that guilt any longer if you'll completely trust in him and rest in him and receive this unrelenting mercy. Lastly, we see a unshakable goal. So what we're seeing here is designed to stir our hearts to worship. God has a goal for us that is unshakable. Matthew 28 ends with what's called the Great Commission oftentimes. And it describes how he wants his followers to go out into all the world and lead people to know him, to treasure him, to turn from their sin, to be made new. Because this is his purpose. The resurrection of Jesus proves everything you need to know about God. It proves that Jesus conquered the grave. It proves that he offers us new life. The resurrection proves that God keeps all his promises, that he is unfailing. It proves that he is ever-present help in trouble. It proves that he's our forgiver and our reconciler and our comforter and our restorer. The resurrection proves that God is always active and that he's at work in your life even when you can't see it. Even when it's hard, the resurrection proves that God has a plan and that he's at work. And all you have to do is rest. The resurrection proves that you have hope. As we just sung out of 1 Peter, a living hope. That's what we have. A hope that's alive. Because Jesus is alive and God's purpose, his goal to redeem people and to gather them into a a worshiping community of all nations. This includes your life. So how does this impact you today? Oh, the implications of this are huge. The 
Resurrection proves that God has a purpose for you and it's unshakable. His goal for you cannot be moved. Doesn't matter what you've done or what's happening around you. The resurrection of Jesus proves that your sin has been paid. When, when a criminal commits a crime and he goes to prison and he pays off his debt and then he walks out of prison, he's free. The debt's been paid. Well, Jesus went into ultimate prison, died for you and for me, and he walked out of that grave. He walked out of that prison free because the debt has been paid. Jesus paid it all. Being eternal, he could pay for our infinite debt on the cross. And so what that means is that Jesus walked out of that grave with victory and freedom that he offers to you and me. What this means for you today is that God has undone the curse of death, that we can have life. Have you ever in your life understood that you are a sinner and that you deserve hell, but Jesus paid the price for you and he loves you and you have responded like the disciples with worship, with, with saying, Jesus, I want you more. Jesus, I will trust you and giving your life to him. If you've never done that, you can do this today. Even right now, you can cry out to Jesus and ask him to save you. And then contact me, go to our website and let me know. I would love to meet with you and encourage you on your faith. If you are a believer, you as well, come and see. With fresh eyes, come and see Jesus, his unmatched power his unrelenting mercy, his unshakable goal for your life. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen. As he said, come and see. Jesus is risen. We have hope because he's alive. May we be a church and a people that fall before him and worship. Let's sing to him now together because we have something that is worth singing about because Jesus has been resurrected. And so we have a hope that is unshakable. To God alone be the glory.